the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Guys, how's everybody going? Uh, you know, obviously we did the post-game wrap last night. Uh, so look, that's it. It's over. From here on out, everything matters. Everything counts. Uh, the Browns kind of really went right to work today. Obviously, the deadline tomorrow being 4 p.m. We're going to get to that a little later, but they already have a roster down to 72. So obviously, 19 more guys to go. Um, one of the things I've wanted to do with this show, and I've been trying to get to it, and today it just I decided I was going to go with it. Guys, I get a lot of great interaction on social media and Twitter from a lot of you guys. And I do appreciate it. And as you guys know, I, I love to talk on Twitter back and forth and have a lot of great conversations. One of you gentlemen I've been, you know, have been having convos with for a long time now. I said, you know what? This is going to be the guy. I'm ready to do it. We're going to do it today. So joining me here this evening from Twitter, at ChadP71, Mr. Chad, Peters, uh, Chad uh, Patterson, uh, Bear, uh, Brown season ticket holder. I know he knows this team well, so I'm excited to have him. Chad, uh, tell everybody a little about your fandom. Uh, you know how long you've been, you know, you having your season tickets, and what you look mo- most forward to on your Sundays, uh, you know, up at the stadium. Oh well, um, thanks for having me on your show. Uh, let's see, I was we started my wife and I about four years ago is when we picked up our season tickets after we kind of moved around the stadium a little bit trying to find the best seats, and then. The longer your season ticket holder, the better you're, you can move up each year. So we wanted to get in early. We started at the top, and then we've moved down to club level this year. So I've been a – my wife was a Browns fan first. I was an Oilers fan until the day that they disappeared, and so I've watched the Browns my entire life. And um, just – I was – while she was at work, I would update her what was going on during games because uh, she couldn't watch and um, I just fell in love with the team and now I'm hooked and I'm the kind of person that's extremely loyal to something so once I got involved this is there's no turning back now you see that's actually kind of funny because um, you know me living here in New Jersey the uh, New York Mets New York Yankees I, I will watch any sport that's on so local teams, it was always hard for me to really draw an affiliation because I watch every game, so I know these teams very well. But uh, the New York Mets run to the World Series in 2015. Uh, earlier that fall, in early September, my, my father-in-law at the time was diagnosed with cancer. And I remember watching those World Series games with him and you know him just pacing around the house, too nervous. And you know as the year went on, you know, sadly, you know, later that summer, uh, we had lost my father-in-law, you know, eventually lost his battle and, you know, went up north and my wife would come in and she's like, every time I come in, she's like, it's not a switch anymore. She's like, you've always got the Mets game on. And I was like, I was like, you know what? I said, I guess I'm doing it for pop. I said, I guess it's maybe just the way it came. I mean, granted, it's been a rough couple of years. I'm losing a lot of hair over it all the way they're playing. But, you know, from loyalty and the fan aspect, I truly, truly understand it. And, you know, I get it. Once you're into something, you know, it's like, you know, like I can never understand the, that's it, I'm done fan. Like, I will never grasp that. You, you, then you either weren't a true fan or you're just lying to everybody, you know? Right. Well, I think every Browns fan does that at the end of the season. And then something will happen. And you're like, okay, it's going to be better next year. So let's go. I'm ready. And I think that's kind of what it was. You know, it's it, you just root so hard for them. And they always come so close. It's just addictive. 
and I, I, that, I that's what I think it does. <laughs> well, I think also part of it is it's like a marriage. Look, it's never perfect between a husband and a wife, and there are times where you you got to walk away, or you know what, you grab your keys and you got to go out for a little bit because you didn't agree with whatever went down. But it's not over. Right. It's just you know I okay we're going to agree to disagree and we're gonna we're done disagreeing on this now and. I'll come back later, and we'll pick up the pieces and see how we're going to go on from this situation here. Um, I'll go right. Well, I mean, what? you figured the big news of the day, Chad, would be that 17 guys were cut. That's not really the big news of the yeah. day. Um, Desmond Harrison, and look, Desmond Harrison, if anyone doesn't get it now, he has major, major talent. He is going to make this roster. But all of a sudden now, and look, this offensive line has kind of been mismanaged this entire time. The day the draft was over, they should have Joel, told Joel Batonio, look, 99.9%, you were the left tackle. If Joel wanted to train differently, anything of that thing, it would have given him the opportunity to do it. It seems like they're shaking up way too much, fa- uh, way too much, way too fast. And now here we are, Chad, we've seen an established offensive line, minus Ze- Ze- uh, Zeitler through four games. And now it seems like somebody wants to put their hands in and all of a sudden change it again. Right, and I was really surprised about that because Dorsey actually spent time watching this team before we came into the to the off season. So I don't. I mean, I know some people are very high on Sean Coleman, and I know they had a lot of time and money invested in him. But after the Cam Irving deal, I mean, they always talk about you know we live in the fear of the past. Well, we watched them do this with Cam Irving and try to move him to different positions and get him to fit on the team. One thing I've always noticed about really good football teams, they don't care where you pick a guy or how he gets on the team. Um, If he's not good, he's gone immediately. And Bill Belichick is a great example of that. If he doesn't like you, he doesn't care if you're a first-round draft pick, an undrafted free agent, you're gone. So why they invested so much into Sean Coleman, I'm not really sure. Um, but they they wasted a lot of time with that. So my hope now is is that Harrison can just really pick this up fast with his age, uh, being a little bit older and so much talent. And one thing that you can't turn off is your eyes. You watch the guy play. He's got everything right. He just has to get his mind right. And I, I that's where I think they kind of messed up was just giving Sean Coleman too much time. Well, I think, and here's the problem, with offensive line play, you are either a left tackle, you are either an interior lineman, and you can play some right tackle. You can't just be just a right tackle in the NFL anymore. You better be a really, really good one. The problem is Sean Coleman is not a really, really good right tackle. Why is he still part of the 72? Because I think John Dorsey's calling 31 other teams and saying, you want Sean Coleman, just give me, I don't care what the draft pick is, you want Sean Coleman, he's all yours. Oh, I agree with that completely. And I think something that we're going to start seeing a lot more of are these weird trades where it's a 2027th round conditional pick to keep guys off the waiver wire. Not Sean wouldn't qualify for that. but um, So I imagine that's probably – they're probably trying to do some kind of a package deal. We'll give you Sean Coleman. You give us you know this and that or we'll give you two players and then you give us this. Um, I think Sean Coleman might do better, just like Cam Irving, going to a different environment. So 
So I still think something's going to happen with him, but you're, I, I agree with you that that's what he's trying to shop him right now. Hardcore. Yeah. Whether if it, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, you call on a team and say, look, uh, you know, I know you're going to cut a defensive tackle. Give me the list of three names you might cut. Uh, you know, I'll send you Sean Coleman. You send me the defensive tackle. I mean, cause player for player trades don't happen a lot in the NFL, but this is the one scenario where you're going to see him. Look, if I don't want the guy and you don't want that guy, but you might want this guy and I kind of might want that guy, let's just avoid the entire waiver situation and do each other a favor here. Guys, you were listening to Locked On Browns. Uh, I've decided to go, you know, this is something I want to do, guys. I, whether I can bring in, you know, a fan knowledgeable who's at games, I, I probably can't do it once a week. Maybe I can get to it once a couple of weeks, but it's something I do want to incorporate because the network itself does have some restrictions on me. But uh, Matt Williamson of Locked On NFL, he does a fantastic job. His lineup for the regular season is going to be incredible. Monday he's going to have Locked On hosts on, you know, obviously, you know, from the biggest games of the weekend, whatever team surprised. Tuesdays there will be, you know, Sage Rosenfels, former NFL cornerback, to break down all these young quarterbacks, offensive analysis. Mike Renner from PFF will be part of his Wednesday lineup. Mike Sando from ESPN will be on on Thursdays. Matt Williamson in the Locked On NFL pod. Guys, get it in your rotation. Excellent, excellent job Matt does over there. Now, Chad, I do want to consider one more thing is with Austin Corbett, as much yeah. as he played in this preseason, it's because there's no way you can just say he's going to be the center right out the gate. You know, if they have these thoughts of, and but here's the thing, don't start Desmond Harrison week one versus Pittsburgh because this could go really bad really quick and you're going to shatter an undrafted free agent. But maybe this is where it he- it's headed. And that's fine, and it'll be kind of funny because Joel Batonio from the left guard will be reaching out, helping out the left tackle, where Joe Thomas was the left tackle, helping out the young kid at left guard back in the day. So it's kind of be like, you know, the kind of pay it forward aspect. You know, and I guess the talks here, and, you know, I know you were big on this today. I know you put it up on Twitter about Alonzo Highsmith mentioning that Corbett could eventually be a center. So it's going to be crazy how this works out, but it seems like Corbett was really picking it up as it went on. So that's but what kind of what concerns me about such a major shakeup this late in the game. Well, I don't think Corbett will automatically go straight to center week one. There's no way in the world that they're going to pull uh, Treader out uh, no. for that game with the relationship that he has with Tyrod already. And see, that's another thing that I don't think people really realize when you talk about chemistry. That center quarterback chemistry is probably the most important chemistry of every position on the field and the way you look at it is the center touches the ball more than anybody else so i that's why i don't think that but i went to five training camps and i didn't really get to see harrison because he was injured but if you look at how quickly he's come up in just the short amount of time and from what cbd was saying today the browns are like putting everything they have into getting him ready to play left tackle. So what I think it's going to be, if he shows in practice, hey, I think we can do this, that will allow them to pull Corbett out. Reader will be gone at that point in time, which is kind of sad because he had a great year last year. Um, It gives Corbett that ability because I think he can play right, left guard as a backup. He's the future. Uh, you get Batonio back to his normal spot, and that gives you uh, a left guard, a center, and a right guard that have worked together for a long time. And I think what they would probably do in that situation is maybe use a lot more tight end help or fullback help, 
to kind of get him through the Steelers game because I honestly believe in that game it's going to be run first. They're going to focus hard on the running game and just try to break through and get at least into the linebacker depth. So I, not that I know anything, but I kind of <laughs> can see it playing out that way. Yeah, 100% I agree with you on the shortening a game against the Steelers because, look, uh, I think the one thing is is the less Antonio Brown is on the field, the better the chance the Cleveland Browns would have to win. And so that makes a ton of sense there. Um, we're going to go on O now. I'm going to bring up the list here now. It's, it's uh, you know, obviously 17 names have been moved on today. And, and man, I can understand if you – there's no reason to, you know, stick around anymore. If you know the guys that are going – just go ahead and, you know, like a Band-Aid, rip it on off. Um, we did, I did a, Stephen Thomas was on with me on Sunday. We did a 53-man roster prediction. We tried to do our best. I, I put Jeff Janis on just because he was signed to a role, you know, obviously to be a punt gunner. Um, I don't, I didn't agree with it. I would rather, whatever, if it's a 21, 22-year-old, 23-year-old wide receiver, I'd rather have that young kid and what he could be as opposed to Jeff Janis being here as a sixth wide receiver covering punts. But Jeff Janis has been moved right. on. Uh, also, now we're going to get into tight end Stephen Baggett was moved on. Uh, defensive back Christian uh, Bote moved on. Elijah Campbell moved on. Anthony Fabiano moved on. Jeremy Falk moved on. Uh, Avery Genesee moved on. I have a daughter named Avery, so sorry, Avery Genesee. It does hurt a little bit that you're gone, but not, just, there wasn't enough room for you, young man. Um, you know, Fred Luana, uh, Brogan Roback. Uh, Deron Smith, defensive back, uh, Blaine Woodson, the waved injured guy, C.J. Board. You saw the shoulder went bad on the last punt return he had right. last night. Uh, linebacker Justin Curry, real feel-good story. I hope the injury isn't too serious, but yet he's another one. And defensive lineman Lenny Jones. So 17 guys right out the gate, which puts him at 72 with another 19 to go. Uh, Chad, give me a guy or two here that you, you who maybe impressed you. I mean, we can't. I don't think anybody doubts that any of these guys were released at this point. But you know, there were some guys who weren't playing terrible ball. Well, yeah, I out of that group, I didn't. I mean, I didn't. There's no surprise there, other than maybe um, Smith, Darren Smith. Yes, uh, I he he could have. But I tell you, there cornerback group is so strong right now that there's just there's I mean they actually have a hard decision to make this year at cornerback which is awesome to get finally um as far as the other guys I I really didn't think that there was anybody else that was stepping up I mean Campbell played okay and he was able to go you know he could go safety he could come up and play cornerback if needed and that's the biggest key. If you listen to all of Greg Williams' interviews, it that is a must. If you can't play two positions, you're not going to be on the Cleveland Browns football team for defense. It's that simple. Um, especially, and I mean, that goes clear up to defensive tackle. If, if you can't, because he drops those guys into coverage, which was a nightmare last year watching Shelton drop back into coverage. <laughs> but... You know, uh, and I don't ever want to see that again. And I, I look for each defensive tackle to look a lot more like Larry Ogunjobi yep. than Danny Shelton. Yes, obviously. So, yes, they made a point that the strict run-plugger guy is not the avenue they're looking to go here anymore. No, no. And then, you know, if he starts running that four-two-five defense or he starts running a weird two-man 
front defense with whatever he feels like running front linebackers, his defensive schemes are just going to be insane. I don't even know how you would prepare for that as a team because you don't know who's going to be on the field when. Uh, a lot of people get hung up in the starter, and with Greg Williams, he's said it many times, there is no starter on my football team. I have packages. I'm going to run packages of guys. So I, I think you've got to kind of train your brain to not look at the Cleveland Browns defense like you have for the last however many years with every other team. Well, I think if if you noticed anything from the Week 3 game against the Eagles was is it was a lot of guys that played early, and that's what you saw, and Greg Williams seemed to be really excited about it. You know, he was able to rotate in, you know, defense, you know, interior defensive linemen, rotate in outside guys. You know, uh, he, he, they had seven linebackers. Obviously, you know, Michael Kendricks, that situation, um, unfortunately, has right. ended. Um, but maybe that opens up a position for a guy like B.J. Bellow, who's got really good athleticism, which Greg Williams wants. Um, now, as far as me highlighting these guys, uh, Deron Smith, I think what the writing on the wall here for Deron Smith was is, um, look, we know Randall staying. We know Kindred's staying. We know Peppers is staying. I think this says a lot about right. where where Breen Body Calhoun is going to play. He's going to be a free safety for this team, and he, he may start Week One. I'm not sure where they're at with Demarius Randall. It may be Breen Body Calhoun. I think they're confident within there, which is going to open up a cornerback spot. And like you said, Greg Williams wants a guy who can be versatile and do more than one role. And it screams of a guy like Breen Body Calhoun. Me, personally, I would not be surprised if there was a contract extension for him soon enough. Brogan Roback, um, yes, it would have been a great story. You know, obviously, you know, high, you know, hard knocks and everything. Everybody would love to get him in the practice squad. He's got a really good arm. Um, and I'll tell you right now. I know, yeah. Yep, exactly. And there's no way he's making it back to Cleveland. I'd be stunned if they you can know, get him back on the practice squad. Go ahead, Chad. I, I, said, that, I, I said that last night. Right when, I mean, okay, so your Patrika, I, I think that's how he, he pronounces his name, um, for the Lions, and you're sitting here watching our four-string quarterback mm-hmm. play better than anybody else you have on your team other than Matt Stafford. And that touchdown throw, while we were all just kind of cheering and stuff, if you go back and actually watch that throw, Absolutely that is an NFL throw. It. He hummed that ball. Yes. Yes, and I and I'm going to tell you, I'm guessing that a lot of GMs that were watching that football game went to the edge of their seat and were like, "What was that?" Because there is such a lack of good backup quarterbacks. And if you simply go look at the Eagles and how important having uh, uh, all depth all the way through at quarterback, which is usually three quarterbacks. That's, that I just don't think he's going to have a chance of making it back to the practice squad because I could see either, one, the Lions picking him up because he's better than what they have, or, two, the Jets just to pick his brain for week three because mm-hmm. you only have to keep this quarterback on the roster for three weeks, and it's no different than what the Browns did to the Ravens last year. If you remember, they picked the quarterback up off their practice squad two, I think it was like two or three weeks before and uh, they kept him on the roster till after the Ravens game and cutting. Absolutely. So I can start seeing this being a trend in the NFL as well. And well, then the other one though, I look at the New York Giants. Uh, you know, they their quarterback, and they still have never solved the life after Eli. But you look at Roback and and those throws he was making yesterday, and a lot of people in Spielman, he's like, oh well, the ball to Janice. Janice should have caught the ball. 
It was a perfectly thrown back. Yeah. It was a perfectly thrown back shoulder ball. Spielman tried to make it out like, you know, Je- you know, he threw it the wrong way. Absolutely not. It was a perfectly thrown ball. Janice didn't catch it. And, you know, and obviously then, you know, Roback came back. And that touchdown, I mean, I don't know if that ball ever was more than 13 or 14 feet off the ground. He absolutely drilled it. And it was a third and long situation. You know, obviously, you know, Lions went, you know, one-on-one, man-to-man, whatever. But he absolutely hummed that ball. And that passes with one. And like you said, people sit up, they take notice. That is certainly a throw that caught people's eyes. So, you know, he was another oh, yeah. one. And Jeremy uh, Falk, the defensive lineman, I thought, you know, had some good activity. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets picked up. People are always looking for, in, you know, obviously, you know, interior defensive line play. Uh, guys, uh, people, since I've been doing the show, people, you know, come to me and, you know, ask for, you know, betting advice. Look, I don't give betting advice. I don't bet very well. Most of the games, I mush. But the most important thing is is to use a good site. I'll give you a good site. MyBookie.com, really good site. Why do I recommend MyBookie.com? Is they've always been good to me. My best day probably ever betting is last year Thanksgiving, I hit all three. I used MyBookie.com. I got all my money. It was in there before I got home from, you know, the night's activities, you know, because I'm Thanksgiving. I've got to travel to the in-laws. I've got to go then across the, you know, across the county to my parents, but won every game that day. And why would you use my bookie? It's simple. You win, you get paid. The money was in my account when I got home. They have in-game, live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you, fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score in each game. So join now at mybookie.com. Use my promo code locked on. Uh, again, it's mybookie, M Y B O O K I E.com. Again, use the promo code locked on. Mybookie.com. You play, you win, you get paid. Um, now, Chad, before we're going to start putting a bow on this, um, okay. give me, uh, just uh, give me some final thoughts. Uh, you know, as far as, look, who's left? Who are you most concerned for? Who are you really rooting for that you hope is still on this roster come this time tomorrow? Uh, gosh, that's really difficult. Um, for me, like, I guys... think one of the biggest issues is I think the cornerbacks made it really tough last night. Every cornerback played yeah, well, well. So I think right now they're kind of in a, well, can one guy, you know, is there a way we can trade one of these guys because we kind of like them all and we don't really want to cut anybody? This is the one that gets me the most is going to be T.J. Carey. I have another player that I'm not sure what they're going to do with or how they're going to do this, but T.J. Carey, I went, to, I, I went to five training camps this year uh, and watched, and I don't know why, but I just kind of focused on the defense. It was – when you go, they practice on multiple fields. They have three fields, and each day they'll move the field around. And for some reason – wherever the main field was at, because that's always where I sat at, um, the defense just kind of started there. And I really watched it. And T.J. Carey did not have a good training camp all five days. But then he goes out and plays really well, and then he'll have a play where you're like, I don't even understand what you're doing. And then you watch a player like uh, Denzel Rice, who, if you remember back to Steve Smith saying, a player needs to stack good days, and Denzel Rice has been able to do that. He's been able to stack good days upon good days, and this is from training camp. He was making plays in training camp. 
He was making plays on the field. So what do you do when you have TJ Carey in that very nice contract he has, and then you got Denzel Rice, who is a lot more affordable? So that's um, where I think they're going to have some serious decisions to make. Well, I mean, that he, that's a tough one, and especially what Rice did, because the thing with, and now when you were a net a starting player, it's what you can bring otherwise. But, you know, you look at Rice, obviously had the, you know, the pass breakup last night. It was very active, eight total tackles. And where did he maybe help himself the most was playing punt gunner and getting a beautiful play where, you know, I, you know, I believe it was a, it might even have been a negative one or a negative two on the punt returner. But that's how you make a football team when you are in contention for fourth, fifth, sixth cornerback. I'd be shocked if they don't keep him at this point. The only reason I think they wouldn't keep him is maybe they get a draft choice for him. Uh, me personally, EJ Gaines is in a tough spot here. But these young cornerbacks yes. have all played well. McKinnon, even Mike Jordan for the role he plays, put out another solid effort. I understand you don't want to go too young at the position. It'd be different if Denzel Ward was a three, four-year veteran. And he said, you know what? We know what Denzel can do. We can trust what Denzel can do. We're going to gamble on these young kids as opposed to these middling veterans. But it's a tough spot for them to be in. Chad, you said you had one more player. Go ahead. Who is it? Uh, Well, I just – I'll check this out. Sean Coleman was just traded to the 49ers. Okay. There we go. Uh, Sorry. It just came up on my phone. Uh, I want to add one more thing on Rice if you don't care. Um, I know a lot of people don't like PFF uh, football, probably because they don't understand how to use it. It's not an end-all, be-all. And they will. Yeah. Te- the, the funniest thing is, is people will argue, and I have a ton of friends at PFF, and people will argue with them, and PFF will actually tell you, it is a tool. It is not everything. Right. They, people won't even listen to it. I know, but and I'm going to tell you what the Browns use PFF, not them personally, but they use this grading style. And right now, of all the cornerbacks that are on this team, Denzel Rice overall grade is number two. At 85.3. So, and Carey's only 71.4. It's just something to think about and, you know, going on. That's why I just won't write Rice off yet because he does enough of everything well and keeps getting better. I don't know how you would keep Carey and let Rice go if Rice is better. Do you see what I'm saying? Oh, no, absolutely. And and that's also part of the thing with the offensive line. You know, Corbett obviously is not going to make a lot of money. Desmond Harrison is not going to make a lot of money. And, look, if they're better football players, it doesn't matter what they're making. They're better football players. Right. And, that, and look, and yes, the Browns, it is only going to enhance the Browns cap situation, which, you know, and, look, I, I know everybody's kind of looking across to Oakland. We'll see. We'll see if you can establish right. some of these other positions. You know, it, it makes a ton of sense to maybe pay the price tag for it, and you know you can you know pay the contract. So it's interesting from that. Um, Chad, I got to tell you, I mean, yeah. you were a little nervous, my man. You did fantastic. Oh, just and my last player, and then um, all right, give me I'll one more. Go let ahead. that go. Dontel Hilliard. I don't know what you do with him. I don't know how you let him go. He has been by far what I've seen the best punt returner that they've got so that's going to be interesting to watch to see how that plays out 
I think they like him, and I think they are hoping that somehow they can get him onto a practice squad. Uh, practice squad. I think Matthew Days, it's over. I mean, I think somebody will find him. Look, the running back position, it's the best one to play in the NFL because your unemployment rate is not going to be long. The injury rate at the position is so terrible. You're always going to find you know, find work, and especially what he put together last night with, I think it was over 120 total yards. You know, look, people are looking right. for production from the position. Um, so, I, you know, I'm not too worried about Matthew Days. I think his days as a Cleveland Brown are over. You know, once he – and it, maybe it's better for him because there's not going to be many touches to be had. You know, I, you know, people. some people are nervous about Duke Johnson. I think it was more of Todd, Todd Haley said, you know what, I'm going to keep Duke Johnson as kind of like my ace in the hole. And I think we're going to see some of him in the slot week one at Pittsburgh. And, you know, and you'll see, you know, whether it's a Nick Chubb or a Carlos Hyde in the backfield. I think he wants to send two running backs, whether it's Hyde, Chubb, or Johnson, two of the three, into the huddle against Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh's going to be like, all right, yep. well, well, who's going where? And, and I think that's something. And, you know, Todd Haley, he's really looking forward to this game. There's no doubt about that. Right. And, and I'll tell you, that's why I think, Run, they have to run the football. They have to keep Ben off the field and run. And I'll tell you, if they can get Hilliard to the practice squad, it would be perfect because then if anything happened to Duke Johnson throughout this year, you have they'll be able to easily. Yep. Right. Someone similar, they'll be able to. And have you ever watched his college tape? Absolutely. He'll, yeah, I tell you, that kid can do everything. So in the event Duke may get hurt, pull a hamstring, whatever, they could bring Hilliard right right up, play him, and then put him right back on the practice squad. So that unless he plays really well, then they would have to keep him, of course. But um, I tell you, I really hope he does make it to the practice squad if they do let him go. Absolutely, because uh, I, I think he, he bring he brings some nice wiggle. Not an overall great athlete, but once he gets moving, he moves well, and he's got some nice wiggle to him. Guys, have been locked on Browns. Uh, any of you guys out at the games? Uh, you know, make sure you uh, you know link up with Chad Patterson. Uh, you know, maybe have a cocktail or two by the barbecue or you know, the pregame or whatever you guys do. But, Chad, thank you so much. This was an absolute blast, bud. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, buddy, you brought it, and you brought it well um, <laughs> for the first fan segment I'm going to do on this. Uh, it, it certainly went well. It, you know, I'm excited to keep trying to do this, you know, as much as I can get it into the rotation. Guys, follow Chad at ChadP71. Uh, guys, follow the show at Locked On Browns. I always keep it a follow-back account. You guys are just fantastic and so good about that stuff. For most of the Twitter interaction, guys, follow me at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. I usually, that's where you're going to see most of the tweeting. Uh, now, we'll come back tomorrow night. Pete's going to join me again tomorrow night. Hopefully his sniffles have stopped. My cough has slowly subsided, so you won't get a hacking and sniffling as we go through the final cutdowns. We'll get those tomorrow tonight to you. I'll probably have that up probably an hour or two after we get the final cutdowns. But guys, it's been an absolute blast. I'm glad Chad could join us here. He got to a little bit learn a little bit more about some Brown fandom and you know his life on game days, and we were able to dig in some issues of the day. Until tomorrow night, guys. Let's go Browns.